listening to Audio Fanfic Podcast. North of Zero by Slippin' Mickeys on AO3. Chapter 6, The Farm. William was still asleep the next morning when she felt Mulder uncurl from around her, and they rose silently from the bedroll and made their way outside, the horses snickering their greetings in the hazy pre-dawn light. What happened last night? Mulder asked her, adjusting the blanket over the back of Pumpkin and getting his pants gently nipped for the trouble. How'd you find him? Scully gave each horse a handful of frozen apples, remembering the boy's grunt and the sickening sound of his ankle wrenching. She ran her fingers through the stiff hair of Molly's mane as the mare nosed at her pockets for more fruit. He found me, Scully said. Mulder paused what he was doing and gave her a significant look. He had been following us. He slipped and fell on ice at the top of the ridge. Until that moment, I didn't even know he was there. How long had he been following us? Mulder asked. Since Trout Creek. Jesus. Do you think it's... This was the part where Mulder would tell her it wasn't their son. Above her, the sunrise slowly lowered itself onto the tops of the trees, turning them a reddish-orange. I think it's got to be. But... She started, not really sure what she was going to say. Right then, the corrugated metal that served as the shack's door creaked, and the boy stepped out, leaning heavily on the makeshift crutch. "'Good morning,' Mulder said. "'Good morning,' Mulder said, his voice sounding loud in the quiet of the dawn. "'Morning,' said William. "'You shouldn't be on that ankle,' Scully said, and the boy looked sheepish. "'I have to,' he said, and gestured vaguely toward the tree line. "'Right,' Scully said." and she and Mulder ducked into the shack to give him some privacy. He hobbled back into the small space a minute later. Take the cot, Mulder said to him, rummaging around in his pack. He pulled out a large Ziploc bag, white with age and use, and pulled out a few pieces of jerky, handing them over to William, who accepted them gratefully, tearing into the largest piece with gusto. Can I take a look at your ankle? Scully asked him, and he nodded, his mouth full. She carefully undid the splint and eased the wool sock down over the joint. The swelling had gone down to her immense surprise, and while there was a purplish bruise and the area was still tender when she palpated it, it was in remarkable shape for the damage that had been done to it only the evening before. Well, she said, rising, you still need to stay off of it, but it's, well, it's not nearly as bad as it should be. The boy gave a self-conscious shrug. I've always been a fast healer, he mumbled. Mulder pulled up the bedroll from the floor and fastened it to his pack, giving William a long, thoughtful look. So, kiddo, how did you find us? He finally asked. Mulder must have assumed, as she did, that the boy had come looking for them. The boy tore off another hunk of jerky and shrugged. I didn't mean to. I just... I knew I had to come north. How do you mean? 
Scully asked, trying to understand. I didn't mean to find you. It's just this thing in my head stopped when I did. Mulder looked confused. Thing in your head? He asked. William rubbed at his temple in frustration. I don't know how to describe it. It's like a... It's like a homing beacon in my head. It's like this overwhelming feeling. Like an urge or something. I've had it since... I couldn't take it anymore, so I followed it. And... I don't know. I saw you two down in Trout Creek, and the second I did, it, like, stopped. It felt like something inside of me unclenched. Scully traded a look with Mulder. She felt her equilibrium slant, her viscera turning to slurry. I'm sorry, the boy went on, watching them closely, clearly sensing Scully's unease. I didn't know what else to do, so I followed you. It's okay, son, Mulder said gently, and on the word son, Scully felt like she'd taken a blow to the solar plexus. She excused herself, rushed out the opening of the shack, and, leaning against the rough bark of a scotch pine, vomited what little she had in her stomach. They could hear Scully wrenching from inside, and the boy looked to Mulder, concerned. Mulder gave Scully a moment, and then nodded at the kid, ducking out of the shack to find her, leaning against a pine about ten yards from the horses. Scully, he said, his voice all concern. She spit and then stood, her face a sheen of sweat despite the temperature. He reached out to rub her back and she tensed under his hand. I'm fine, she said. I just need a minute. You should, she paused to spit again. You should go talk to him. Mulder looked at her skeptically, but ducked back into the shack and tried to give William a reassuring smile. Is she okay? The boy asked him. She'll be fine, Mulder said, trying to sound as convincing as he could. Would Scully be okay? He'd felt his system go into shock the second the ship had flown over them last night and not picked up or sensed William. He gave the boy a long look. Do you know who we are, William? No, the boy said, seeming to sag with relief at being asked. Who are you? He went on, and why does everything I am compel me to find you? Mulder scraped a hand along the growth on his jaw. This was an unexpected turn. He had figured the boy had come specifically looking for his birth parents, but nothing that had happened in the last twelve hours made any kind of sense. He gave a mirthless chuckle. How do you tell a kid you're his dad? When's your birthday? Mulder asked. May 20th. 2001? Yeah. Mulder closed his eyes. Couldn't help a small smile. In that case, Mulder said, I'm fairly certain we're, Scully and I, I think we're your parents. The boy's mouth dropped open. But my parents are dead. Mulder hadn't quite been expecting that. Were you... Did anyone ever tell you that I was adopted? William asked. Yes, but my birth parents are dead too. I saw the paperwork. Scully came back into the shack then, looking a little more steady. She took a deep breath. That was for your protection, she said, looking at William. My protection? The ship last night, Scully said, gesturing at the roof. Your ankle... 
It's healing, isn't it? Rapidly, on its own. William hesitated, but then nodded. You have gifts, William. Unexplainable gifts. You've had them your whole life. And we tried. We tried so hard to keep you safe when you were a baby, but we couldn't. They all sat in silence for a moment, letting everything settle. The adoption paperwork. Everything was set up so that they couldn't find you. So they couldn't find us. William sat back on the cot, clearly processing what Scully had just told him. This homing beacon, Mulder said, this feeling in your head, have you always had it? The boy shook his head. No, he said, not until, not until, Scully said, peering at him. Before the invasion, just before, I could feel them coming, and I could feel that I needed to find you, I guess. Do you know why? Mulder asked. No, William said, and then looked at him hopefully. Do you? Mulder looked to Scully and then shook his head sadly. Are you with the resistance? The boy asked. The resistance? Scully asked, confused. William thunked his head back against the boards of the shack behind him. I feel like there's God, this is so weird, the boy remarked, shaking his head. Listen, Mulder said, making his way over to the cot and sitting on the edge of it. You've been following your instincts, and they've gotten you this far. Let's just keep doing that. Any idea what we should be doing next? William shook his head slowly. Then let's say you let us take the lead for a while. The profound relief that showed on the boy's face shook Mulder to his core. He reached out and laid a tentative hand on William's shoulder. Can I ask you one last thing? The boy said, swallowing audibly. Anything, Mulder replied. Did you want me? You say you tried to keep me safe, but couldn't. Does that mean you wanted me when I was a baby? Mulder could see the tears forming in Scully's eyes. More than anything, she said, her voice tremulous. Mulder squeezed the boy's arm. You were our miracle, he said. It looks like you still are. They found the horses in an enclosure on a windswept farm in the lee of the mountains, thin to the point of emaciation. The grass within the paddock where they were kept had been eaten to the dirt, as had the grass within reaching distance around the perimeter of the enclosure. The wood of the fence had been chewed on every surface. The animals were starving. Inside the farmhouse they found the remains of two people, dead for weeks judging by the state of decay, and by their own hand if the firearms next to the bodies were any indication. Mulder pushed the creaking barn door open, and both horses followed him in, eagerly sniffing the air. In the loft above them were bales upon bales of hay, the sweet-smelling grass as pungent and strong as a punch to the nose. Mulder couldn't imagine being so close to a food source you could smell, yet not being able to get to it. He climbed to the loft and cut the baling string with a pocket knife and dropped several bales of it to the floor below, where the two horses fell upon it with unbridled enthusiasm. He walked through the rest of the barn, taking stock. 
When he finished, he met Scully outside, where she was walking through what was left of a small garden. Rabbits and deer hadn't left much. Hey, she said, surveying the sky. A new tick. Hey, he said. There's quite a bit of hay in the loft for the horses. You find anything? Some root vegetables, a little more ammo, medical supplies, and a lot of canned food in the basement. Not sure how much we can carry. There's tack hanging in the barn, Mulder said. We could carry a lot more on horseback. It would make trading far easier. He watched her do the arithmetic. Our cabin does have a fenced-in area where they could graze, she said thoughtfully. And we could convert the garage into a barn. Marlow could keep us in hay for the winter, and we'd be able to range a lot further out. Scully considered this. See if you can find any equine or veterinary texts in the house, she finally said. I want to be able to care for them properly. Mulder nodded and trotted up the stairs to the house. Inside, he found medical records on the two horses, Molly, a middle-aged mare, and Pumpkin, a four-year-old colt. If you like this story, please follow the link to the writer's page and leave some love. Kudos, comments, or subscribe. They'll love hearing from you. Then you can head over to our Patreon page and contribute to Audio Fanfic Podcast. As a member, you are granted early access to one new story per month. That's www.patreon.com slash audiofanficpod. Thank you for listening, and remember, the stories are out there.